0: Welcome once again to Maple Grove Covenant Church. I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Chad and we are going to continue our series entitled Celebrating the Songs of Christmas because Christmas has all sorts of wonderful songs. The birth of Jesus inspired more music than any event in history from Handel's Messiah to Box Overture to Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is coming to town. We celebrate Christmas with music. Songs inspire, unify, and connect us to the story of Jesus. And as a way to start our morning off, I'd like to play a, a familiar game. Anybody here play the game uh, Name That Tune? Anybody here play that game Name That Tune? Okay, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to play Name That Tune and That Story. So I'm going to play a quick song, just the beginning of a song. I want you to name the song and the story connected to that song. All right, so let's see if we can play the first one here. It's all right, let me hear it. What is the song? All right, Star Wars. That's right, a great theme song for a great film composed by John Williams. And we hear that song, we think of Luke Skywalker, right, defeating Darth Vader. And of course, Chewbacca. You know, there's something about the song that connects us with the story. Let's hear this next song. What's that song? It's? man. let me hear you. Skull Vikings, right? And the image comes to mind of our Vikings. And we're cheering and we're hearing that horn because there's something about the song that connects us to the team. And we sing that song for our Vikings. Okay, how about this next one? All right, what's the song? It's? Thank you, Thomas. Yes, it's the Star Spangled Banner. And who composed that? It's who, who wrote that song? Francis Scott Key. It was actually a poem that moved into a song. And we stand and we put our hands in our hearts because there's something about the song that connects us to our country. Here's one more. Anybody remember that song? It's Happy Birthday to... You, most recognized song in the English language, and we typically sing that song when we're celebrating the anniversary of a friend or loved ones. And hot final, here's this final song. It's, what's the song? It's Joy to the World, composed by Isaac. Watts a melody and originally by Handel and uh, we sing that song we're celebrating the songs in the story of Christmas because songs are powerful songs inspire unite us and and connect us to the story there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story whether it's the theme of Star Wars or whether it's the Vikings there's something about a song that connects us to the story as long as you enjoy the story As long as you believe in the story, then that song moves you to participate in that story or that team or that movement. Because if you hear the song, Skull Vikings, and you're not really a Vikings fan, then, you know, it's just another song. It doesn't move you. You know, if you hear the national anthem, you put your hand on your heart, and all of a sudden, O Canada comes out, You know, you're not really moved to sing the song. If you're at a restaurant and someone starts singing happy birthday, you don't enter into that table and start singing happy birthday to a complete stranger. So it is with the songs of Christmas. And when you hear the song, Joy to the World, if you don't believe the message and story of Jesus, it's like singing the national anthem for a foreign country. It's like singing happy birthday to a complete stranger. See, that's what happened to one man initially as he heard the message of Christmas. He heard the message of Jesus. The the, the music started, but he didn't sing the songs. No words came out of his mouth because he didn't believe his story. He didn't believe the story of Jesus, so he didn't sing the Christmas song. And his story is found in Luke chapter 1. His name is Zechariah. And if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Zechariah chapter 1, verse 5, page 10, 12 in your pew Bibles. And this morning, we're going to study the story of Zechariah, and we're going to study his song, because initially he did not sing, because he didn't believe the story of Christmas. Zachariah, or in Luke chapter 1, verse 5, we read the following. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. They were both well along in years. They were righteous, upright, According to the law, they were blameless. Both Zechariah and his wife came from priestly families. They were very religious people. Zechariah was also a priest. And although he was old without child, today was one of the best days of his life. You see, in verse 9, we read how Zechariah was chosen by Lot to enter into the Holy of Holies to burn incense. It was a very big day for Zechariah. It's estimated that 18,000 priests were working and serving at the temple, but only one was chosen to burn the incense. And once you are chosen to do that, it's the only time in your life that you get to do that. So this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zechariah to enter into the Holy of Holies, to burn incense. It's the pinnacle of his priestly career. I'm sure he prepared mentally. I'm sure he talked to other priests. I'm sure he read the manual. But as he entered into the Holy of Holies, as he entered into the temple to burn incense that day, he was surprised by an angel. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. The Greek word is tarasso. It means great distress, terrified, shaking in your boots, wet your pants. I mean, he is totally scared. The connotations are like a riot is breaking out inside of his heart. He is terrified. He's scared. And the angel says to him, verse 13, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. Zechariah, you're going to be a dad. And your your son is going to be a great joy to you and not only a joy to you, but a joy to many, many others because he's going to bring people back to the Lord. Zechariah receives great joy News, one of the greatest days of his life. First he's chosen to serve in the temple to burn incense. Then he receives the news that his wife will bear him a son. One would think that this would go down in the history book of Zechariah's life as one of the greatest days of his life. But it's not. Zechariah was old. He, He was waiting for a son for a very, very long time. He and his people were waiting for the Messiah for a very, very long time, hundreds of years. So when Zechariah heard the news that his son would usher in the coming Messiah, he didn't believe. He didn't receive the message of Christmas. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife, well, she's well along in years. And it appears to be an innocent question, right? Mary asked a similar question to the angel Gabriel. How can this be if I'm still a virgin? How can this happen? But Zachariah's question is much different than Mary's. See, Zachariah was not asking, how can this be? Zachariah was demanding, prove this to me. Give me a sign. I don't believe you. How can I be sure of this? Give me some proof. I don't believe you. And the angel Gabriel responds, verse 19, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens because you did not, and what's that word there? Believe. You did not believe my words. You did not believe the message of Christmas. You had the appearance of faith. You're morally upright and pure. According to the law, you're blameless. You serve in the temple, but your heart is far from me. You did not Believe. See, it's possible. It's very possible to come to a place of worship, to serve the Lord, to sing the songs, to to even go into the most holy place and not believe in God. Because faith is more than adhering to a certain standard of beliefs or, or morality. Faith is always a matter of the heart. It's not just head knowledge. It's a knowledge of the heart. And Zechariah did not believe. Mary, what we learned last week is that Mary, in the face of insurmountable challenges with very limited information, Mary believed and we called her blessed. Zechariah, on the other hand, had all sorts of information, even served in the temple, but he did not believe and became mute. Verse 20, and now you'll be silent Unable to speak until the day happens because you did not believe my words. You'll be silent. Unable to speak. You'll lose your ability to listen and talk. You will become mute. And the severity of the punishment reflects the depth of his unbelief. The absence of his faith matched the absence of his words. The best day of his life became a living nightmare. And for nine months, Zachariah was unable to speak. He was silent, trapped in his own mind. We can only imagine the frustration and isolation that Zachariah felt. One moment, he's on top of the world. The next moment, he hits rock bottom. And for nine months, he's unable to speak. He's unable to hear, but he can see And what Zacharias sees changes his life. He sees Mary, his sweet cousin, with great courage and faith, against all odds, bringing a a baby into the world. He sees his wife, Elizabeth, probably looking something like this. I mean, she's excited, right? She's 80 years old. And she's having a child. And she sees, he sees God at work in the world and he starts to believe. He starts to believe that maybe the message of Christmas is true. And eight days after Elizabeth gave birth to his son, They brought their newborn baby boy and they brought him to the temple to be circumcised and and to give him a name. And and, and the people want to know, hey, are you going to name your son Zechariah like his dad? And Elizabeth speaks up and says, no, his name is John because Zechariah couldn't speak. So then the the family and friends say, hey, do you approve of this? Will you allow this son of yours to be named John? And and, and Zechariah listens to this comment and and he's asked this question, does he approve of Elizabeth's name? And he asks for a writing tablet. Most likely it's a, it's a piece of wood with wax on top of it. And, and he writes down these words in the, in the astonishment of everyone. He writes this, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was open, his tongue was loose, and he began to speak praising God immediately, all of a sudden, after nine months of complete silence, Zechariah finally spoke and he sang his song. And his neighbors and friends, I mean, their eyes popped, their jaws dropped as they heard Zechariah sing. After nine months of silence, after initially rejecting the message of Christmas, after being filled with the Holy Spirit... Zechariah sings this song. This is the song of Zechariah. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come and redeemed His people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. As He said through His holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The elf he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days, all of our days. This is Zachariah's song. After nine months of isolation, rejecting the message initially, being filled with the Holy Spirit, Zechariah sings this song. And did you notice that these first seven verses are all one sentence. I mean, all 105 words just bursted out of Zechariah, probably all in one breath. He just sings. He can't control, he can't contain his praise. He sings. These first 105 words in one sentence, one breath. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Praise the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. And why is Zechariah so excited? It says right here, because he has come and redeemed his people. Because he has come to rescue and save his people, meaning God has already come to visit us. It's as good as done. Redemption is here. Strike up the band. It's time to party. He has raised the horn of salvation for us. In the house of David, the horn of salvation signifying the strength of the Lord. Our God is mighty to save. He comes down with strength to save us. Salvation is here. And then Zechariah recites the promises of David. David. He remembers David. And then he says, Through all the holy prophets of long ago... 72, to show mercy to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Or, or Zechariah remembers the promises to David and all the prophets, all the way back to Abraham. And all of a sudden, all the truth in his head enters into his heart. All the promises of God are made known to Zechariah, and he sings the song of salvation. He sings the song of redeemed, of grace and mercy because there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story. And Zechariah, all of a sudden, all that knowledge of all that history of redemption of God all of a sudden enters into his heart. And he believes. And so he sings. But he doesn't stop there. He keeps singing. Verse 76, And you, my child, he's talking about his boy, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, filled with the joy of a father. He proclaims the role of John, soon to be John the baptizer, to, to bring and share the message of salvation, to give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. That word salvation is repeated twice in Zechariah's song, ten times in the Gospel of Luke. The word salvation is is that we're forgiven for our sins. See, that's the message of Christmas. The Messiah has come. We're forgiven for our sins. Salvation is here. Remember, salvation is a past, present, and future reality. We're saved in the past from the penalty of sin. Jesus took the penalty of our sin. We're saved in the future from the presence of sin when we're in heaven and there'll be no more sin. And we're saved now from the power of sin in our lives that we can overcome the temptations that we face. And Zachariah sings the song of salvation. My past mistakes have been forgiven. I have a future hope of a coming place where there'll be no more sin and I have the power now to overcome the temptations that I face. See, Zachariah sings the song of forgiveness for his sins. And then in verse 78, because of the tender mercy of God, not because of my good works, not because I followed the law blamelessly, but because of the tender mercies of God. That's why I sing. That's why my sins are forgiven. It's because of the tender mercies of God. We who deserve death, because of our sins, experience, forgiveness, joy, and peace. Because of the tender mercies of our God, by which the rising Son, Jesus, will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace, to guide us into that path of peace. Shalom, perfect peace, peace with one another, peace with our planet, peace with God. Shalom. This is Zechariah's song. It's the song of salvation. It's the song of grace. It's the song of mercy. It's the song of the forgiveness for our sins. And did you see how Zechariah? was transformed. Did you notice what changed Zechariah's life? What transformed Zechariah from this old, unbelieving man to this spirit-filled worshiper of God? What triggered this avalanche of praise in Zechariah's heart? It was a scribble. It was a scribble. It was just four words that Zechariah wrote down. It was this simple, act of faith when asked the question what's the name of your son he wrote down his name is John his name is John that unleashed this chorus of praise in his heart because somewhere in the quietness of Zachariah's mind over the course of nine months after seeing his wife after seeing the faith of Mary after seeing his son being born in the world Zechariah believed. He put his faith in Jesus as the Messiah. He believed. It started with a scribble. His name is John. This simple act of faith. It started with belief and then it continued with a song. Because that's how faith works. It starts with a scribble. a simple act of faith. And then it moves to a song. Christianity has always been a religion of the heart that moves to our lips. Paul said it this way to the Romans. He says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. There's this connection. There's something about a song. There's something about our lips that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that we will be saved. See, it starts with a scribble. The simple act of faith, I believe. And then it moves to a song, this confession that Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the Messiah. He's not some Messiah from distant place coming some other time in the future. He's my Messiah. He's here now. If you believe in your heart, that's the scribble. If you confess with your mouth, that's the song. But it doesn't end there. Zechariah continues to express his salvation. Verse 74, And to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And we know that Zechariah was full of fear. And all of a sudden, as a result of his belief in Jesus, he can serve the Lord in holiness and righteousness. Not his own holiness, not his own ability to follow the law, but in holiness and righteousness without fear all the days of our lives. Zechariah, with a swing in his step and a song in his heart, serves the Lord all the days of his life. That's the result of salvation. This is Zachariah's Story. This is Zachariah's song. It starts with a scribble, it moves to a song, and it ends with this life of service. What song are you singing this Christmas? What is your Christmas song? Are you singing the song of Zechariah? Maybe you're here this morning. And you've heard the message of Jesus for most of your life. I mean, you know the songs, you've done the deal, you show up for the services, and, and, and yet you know in your heart that you've never given your heart to God. I mean, you've been good. I mean, if God was Santa, you'd get presents this year. You know, you've done the good deeds, you've helped people in times of need, but in your heart, you know you don't believe. You know that there's this void inside your heart that doesn't believe the message of Jesus. And maybe God's word to you this morning is simply this. Scribble. Take a simple act of faith. Say, God, forgive me for my sins. Write something down. Even in the the paper in front of you, there's a little card you could write down, some words, God, forgive me, I believe. It starts with a scribble. One of the beautiful things about Zechariah's story is he got a second chance. Because many people in the Gospels don't get a second chance. But Zechariah gets a second chance. He heard the message of Gabriel. He didn't believe, but then God gives him a second chance. And he scribbles, his name is John, and it starts this passion, this song in his heart. And maybe this morning, God's word to you this morning is scribble take that simple act of faith. Write down the words, God, forgive me, I believe. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've scribbled long ago and your faith is in Jesus, but for whatever reason, you've lost your ability to sing. Maybe it's the circumstances of your life. Maybe you're facing a health crisis or a financial crisis. Or maybe your kids are doing stuff that you know is not right. Or maybe there's just this void in your heart. And maybe God's word to you this morning is listen to the story. Connect once again to the story of Christmas that Jesus, God, left the glories and riches of heaven to come down to earth to be born as a baby to grow up as a man, to live a perfect life, the life we couldn't live, to die the death we deserve to die on the cross, to rise again, defeating sin and death, ascending into heaven, soon to come back to make all things new. Maybe God's word to you this morning is think about the story of Christmas because that will resuscitate your heart. Because when our view of God is small, our worship of God is small. But when our view of God is big, our worship of God is loud because there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story of Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've taken that first step, you scribbled, I believe, and you are singing your song, but maybe God's word to you this morning is simply this, serve. Use the gifts God's given you. Use the talents God's given you, the time, the resources to volunteer with the nursery, to to mentor a child, to go on a missions trip, to do something for that neighbor or that friend or that enemy at work, but serve someone in love. Don't just worship God with your lips. Worship God with your life. Maybe God's word to you this morning is serve. And maybe you're here and you know that there's this burden, there's this tug on your heart that you must pay attention to. And to serve as Zachariah did, with a swing in his step, with a song in his heart, in holiness and righteousness all the days of his life. I don't know what song you're singing this Christmas. All I know is that we have a song to sing. It's the song of salvation. It's the song of the forgiveness of our sins. It's the song of Zechariah. that starts with a scribble, it moves to a song, and then it ends with a life of service. What song will you sing this Christmas? Heavenly Father, we pause and thank you for your word and for the story of Zechariah, a man who got a second chance. And I pray for all the men and women and boys and girls who get a second chance this Christmas, that you would do unto them as you did unto Zechariah, that you would loosen their tongues, soften their hearts, Enable us to sing. To sing the song of Zechariah, To sing the song of the saved. To sing the song of salvation. That our God is here. The salvation has come. Enable us, Holy Spirit, to sing your Christmas song. In Jesus' name.